peoples of the Worldwide Federated Internet. What's good? So today we will be returning to the book of Colossians chapter three, and we are going to continue in verse nine. Let's get into this. Lie not one to another, seeing that ye have put off the old man with his deeds. Again, as in other places in the book of Colossians and throughout the New Testament, the idea is that after salvation, something changes. This is a very common theme. It keeps showing up. So, with that being said, I am inclined to believe, according to the scripture, that after a person gets saved, something changes. You don't become perfect. You don't become this almighty being. But you are different. And this is clear. It is said in many different ways, in many different passages of scripture. So this idea of salvation and go on as you always were, not a biblical concept, not a biblical concept at all. In verse 10, the Bible says, and have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Now, here is the interesting thing. And what's interesting is the wording. And there's a verse in the book of Romans that led me down the same thought path. And I'm going to go to that verse as well. But the Bible didn't say and have put on the new man, which is renewed in heart. No, it said, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. That word knowledge means a clear and certain perception of that which exists or of truth and fact, the perception of the connection and agreement and repugnancy of our ideas, learning, illumination of mind. In the book of Romans chapter 12, we'll go to verse one and two. 
All right. Romans 12, 1 and 2. I beseech you, therefore, brethren, by the mercies of God, that ye present your bodies a living sacrifice, holy, acceptable unto God, which is your reasonable service. And be not conformed to this world. Listen to the wording here. But be ye transformed by the renewing of your mind that ye may prove what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. There's a transformation that goes on when a person gets saved. It's not of this realm. It is supernatural. This is clear. So I wondered to myself how exactly I know how a person gets saved. But when that happens and there's that transition, the, the gift of the Holy Spirit, what happens, what works out in a person that, that, that formulates that, that, that what is the mechanics behind this transition? And I believe that part of that transition happens in the mind. You see, you always hear people talk about this, change your heart, change your heart, change your heart, change your heart. Well, I believe that's a, a false delivery. In the book of Jeremiah, the Bible says the heart is deceitful and desperately wicked above all things. Who can know it? And a verse after that, God said he tries the reins. He tries the hearts. What I think happens is your knowledge base changes. What you know about the world changes. Think about this. You're lost. You're going along. You don't really care about anything but yourself. You you either hear the gospel, someone witnesses to you, um, some situation happened that causes you to question life. You go to the Bible or somebody explains to you the plan of salvation from the Bible. You realize you're lost without God. You realize mentally up here what God did to redeem you, to reconcile you unto himself. You believe and receive that something about that changes the way you think and see the world. It changes everything in your brain. Now, I wouldn't fight with you or debate with you over this. You might think differently, but I believe it's the mind that changes the heart and not the other way around. And have put on the new man, which is renewed in knowledge after the image of him that created him. Verse 11. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Being in Christ removes the dividing line. This is why I cannot get behind these movements 
that that push and push and push all of these racial and racially divisive ideas. I am a believer. My identity is in Christ, not in the color of my skin. Where there is neither Greek nor Jew, circumcision nor uncircumcision, barbarian, Scythian, bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. Scythian uh, was pertaining to Cynthia, a name given to the northern part of Asia and Europe adjoining to Asia. A barbarian, um, that, that English word is from the Latin word barbarous, which carries the meaning the sense is foreign, wild, and fierce. So the definition of barbarian is a man in his rude, savage state, an uncivilized person. So you have to realize who the audience was, who was talking, and what they would have known about these ideas and these people groups. Cynthian would have been everyone outside of the... I cannot, I cannot put this everyone outside of the control known world, right? Rome, um, and all the, all of the areas that, that Rome had taken over. Rome was in charge at this time. And, um, Greeks really represented the, the known or civilized world. Scythians was everybody outside of that controlled world and barbarians were just all of the wild uncivilized people. So pretty much is covering everyone where there is neither Greek nor Jew circumcision nor uncircumcision barbarian Scythian bond nor free, but Christ is all and in all. That is my identity. Verse 12, put on, therefore, the elect of God, holy and beloved bowels of mercies, kindness, humbleness of mind, meekness, long suffering. That word bowels doesn't just carry one meaning. One of the meanings is the interior part of anything as the bowels of the earth. So the idea is to be holy, not from an outward vain show, touch, not taste, not handle, not sound familiar, but in truth from and with the inward man. The idea is to worship God in truth, to come to God in truth. It's not about the vain outward show, but it is about what's going on inside. Verse 13, forbearing one another and forgiving one another. If any man have a quarrel against any even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Think on that for a minute. The word forbear means to stop, to cease, to hold from uh, proceeding as forbear to repeat these reproachful 
words. So that act of vengeance, right? You want revenge? Holat. Take that L. Forgive. And don't just forgive in any way. Even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. Think about that. The Lord Jesus Christ forgave the people who were the worst. And that people is all of us. We don't deserve the forgiveness. We deserve judgment and wrath. Forgiveness is not about what a person deserves. Even as Christ forgave you, so also do ye. So in the same way that Christ forgave people who did not deserve forgiveness, I deserve wrath. But God in his mercy forbeared that wrath and forgave. This is how we should forgive. Had I had this down years ago, had I had this down in my marriage, how differently things would have been. In verse 14, and above all things, put on charity, which is the bond of perfectness. Now, I've gone over charity many times. That charity is beyond the the word and the emotion of love. Charity is a love acted out love in action. And the Bible says that love in action, charity is the bond of perfectness. That word bond means anything that binds as a cord, a chain, a rope, a band love in in action is the binding force of the body of Christ, not just empty words, love in action. This is the bond of perfectness. And let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also ye are called in one body and be ye thankful. That word peace in a general sense um, a state of quiet or tranquility, freedom from disturbance or agitation, harmony, concord, a state of reconciliation between parties of variance. And we will end here today. But think about that. And I want you to listen to the wording of this verse one more time and let the peace of God rule in your hearts to the which also ye are called in one body and be ye thankful. We are supposed to be in harmony. Those of us who are part of the body of Christ, that doesn't mean we will always agree. That doesn't mean we will always see eye to eye. You can disagree and not see eye to eye and still be in harmony and at peace. And this is what the Bible's calling for. But what I want you to notice is the Bible says, and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. The idea is God is not going to force you into this peace. No, no, that's not how this works. 
You have to allow, let that peace rule in your hearts. You're going to worship God, worship him in spirit and in truth. From the inward man, not the outward man with the vain show, touch not, taste not, handle not. With the inward man, worship God. Stay away from sin. We all have our problems. We all have our issues. We know what those issues are. Instead of worrying about all these outward things, these vain shows of righteousness, let us actually be righteous. Focus on the things we know inwardly are wrong and deal with that before God and let the peace of God rule in your hearts. Y'all know what it is. Stay frosty, people.